Welcome to Date Night Podcast, a tabletop role-playing game podcast set in the homebrew world of Volunaya. Let's explore a whole new world together. Everybody ready to go? Oh, thanks. Sir. <clears throat> yeah, no. Don't don't even play with any other accent. I think so. Right, I think I'm all right. All right, mm-hmm. all right, all right. It's the British Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> 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 and that's how we begin the episode. <laughs> All right. Such an auspicious way to begin. Welcome back to Date Night Potato Crew, where our party has recently <laughs> been released from prison by the orders of Duke Jurgen Greycastle in exchange for agreeing to go on a mission and return his son. Re- oh, and return his son, Malachus, safe and sound from the clutches of Orcish Raiders. The party made their way to the pirate town of Drost, eventually confronted the Orcish Raiders, slaying them and saving young Malik. While rescuing the boy, Marina was able to slay one of her targets, Nicol Valsteben, from her dark list given to her by an unseen third party. After returning the boy to his father, the party agreed to further adventure aboard the Trashfire, a less-than-reputable merchant vessel under the command of Captain Sal Salador Antero Llanos Perici, the self-styled king of the Middle Sea. His motley crew of misfits took the party in, and at the completion of their first adventure, they are about ready to begin an even greater adventure than any of them know. So, without further ado, let's get back to the action. Now, today we are missing Josh, so so we still have... Yes, Thoot. Toot. Thoot. Toot. Thoot. But we still have... It's Foot. It's But we still have with us Will Mayer playing Foot. Oh, well. <laughs> um, well, be good, Fortune. And we have Amy Mayer playing Marina Zamfirescu. And I, as always, am the Dungeon Master. Mike as always. Glass. As always for this arc, yes. For the potato <laughs> crew. They're stealing my own arc away from me. <laughs> well, he's usually the game mom. Yeah. We last left off with the trash fire setting sail for a small coastal town. Captain Perici tells you it will likely be a few days to get there and you should get some rest before the morning. He has a proposition for you if you are interested. What would you like to do? Uh, I think I'd like to hear the proposition. Okay, he'll tell you that in the morning. Is there anything you want to do tonight before? You guys have, have literally just left... The, the the coastal town where you return Malachus. So this is still the same day. Still the same day. Yeah, you haven't left yet. I think uh, if it's still that same day, I'm probably pretty tired at that point. I'd probably just try to find where my cabin is and, and get set up, I would guess. Oh, my sweet summer child. If only you had a cabin. <laughs> um, find your hammock. Actually, uh, Umu leads you down into the uh, the storage area, and you see Talking there's actually about a, quite a few hammocks. So what now? Talking to him about spices the whole time. He's very interested. <laughs> um, you see several hammocks lining sort of the wall of the ship, and under each one is a small footlocker, about I don't know, two feet by a foot, standing about maybe another foot high. So not a ton of storage, and there's definitely no pocket dimensions inside. What you see is what you get. Okay, well, um, I I guess. You guys can just pick whichever ones you want. Not that one over there. That's mine. And you look over and you see the <laughs> footlocker is just grown over with fungus. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Right. Wh- which one? <laughs> <laughs> that one right over there. Oh, all right. All right. And you see a little further on, there's one that's made cast entirely out of bronze. That's probably 
Brazines, and you can kind of figure out who's already sleeping where, and you can also figure out where the empty ones are. So, okay. Um, Thoot says, Thoot. Yeah, Thoot says he's going to go ahead and turn in early just because I can't do Josh's voice. Mm-hmm. And he goes ahead and kind of just drops his stuff, jumps into his hammock, and he's out like a light. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll probably stow away what I can in the footlocker and uh, probably just spend a little time in the hammock playing with my marbles. <laughs> uh, trying to get a... There's no privacy screen or anything, <laughs> by the way. No, no. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, Augury with them. Okay. Just about this proposition that's coming in the morning because that would be what Welby would do probably as his last uh, thing before he would go to bed. Okay. Um, you get a pretty 50-50 mix. There's no real um, malicious intent, or the, but there's no real... Um, it's, it's not exactly charitable right. either. Well, that's usually how it is. A little bit of both. All right. And I'll turn in. Marina? Looks for a hammock over off in a corner or something or towards the end if there's one available pretty much the only one that's kind of off by itself is umus and there's <laughs> there's reasons why is there one that's like at the end that that, that would be umus yeah the other end and most of those are kind of taken because it it okay, let me just show you guys i did i did draw out the trash fire thank you so cool that looks nice um so Umus is kind of, let's say it's kind of back over here. Okay. So on this other end here, it's a little bit more crowded with cargo and the like, because that's where the, the big cargo door is. Um, we'll say you get two hammocks length between you and the next person. Okay. Just for funsies. Anything else? You guys want to talk to anybody? Is there anything you want to do before you go to sleep? Or are we just tuckered? I think for me, after the last event, I would be tuckered like usually Welby would be down to learn some information about some of these people Mm -hmm. but I think after what they just went through that's not what he's used to so much so I don't know but it's up to Marina what she would like to do. Be antisocial? Yes. Okay. Drop my stuff and then sit in the hammock facing the wall. Beantrina Lucidaire Gerasama Willem Fodosi Shastriath Forsier Hedren Hedren Mephalan Your fault with the names. Calamontos. Really, really kind of stick the T and the D, the Hetrin. difference there. Yeah. Uh, that's really hard to do with her accent. Hey, hey, hey. D- don't blame me. Blame, blame the random name generator. <laughs> I'm blaming you for the order. <laughs> Blackthorn and then Calamontros. Okay. So you guys are both settling in for the evening? I think so. Can I get you both to roll perception checks for me? Sure. Fourteen. Seventeen. Okay. Wow. You both were higher than I expected. Fantastic. Well, that was cocked, so I, technically seventeen. So but the we'll night begins to, you know, progress. You know, it's starting to get a little bit darker outside. The light, the natural light that comes in through the cracks of the ship, you can see slowly fades. The both of you begin to be aware of uh, noises, voices, coming from kind of the, the front of the ship, and. Let's see, Marina, you hear that it's the captain's voice. You can't quite make out what's being said. But with that 17, um, we're going to go ahead and say that 
you do hear his voice is very raised and he's speaking about a mile a minute. Hmm. I just don't know what to do with these new people. They are, you know, that that one girl there, she is clearly, and, and but even the, the halfling and that barbarian, he's, he, you don't know what, what could possibly happen. And you hear Talia kind of interjecting. Shh, Salador, you need rest. You need to sleep. It is far too early to be going on about this, and if you don't get any rest, you'll be useless in the morning. But I cannot sleep. You do not understand. This this could turn out amazing or terrible for us, and we have to we have to plan. We have to make it. And you hear Talia just start to hum very mm. softly, comforting you, uh, Marina. You'd actually would hear this too. Again, you wouldn't have gotten any of the detail of what he was saying. And as she continues to hum, you hear Salador's voice slow calm and eventually neither one of you hear it at all but by hearing her it also begins to affect you too Mm -hmm. and you both slowly drift off into an extremely restful sleep well that negates my seven that I rolled earlier for rest oh yeah yeah no just count this as a, a normal good long rest yay and since this is our long rest if you expended any spell slots or had any damage taken go ahead and Pick yourself back up. The next morning. Um, By the, the way, what's Talia again? What do you mean, what is she? Like, she, we knew what she did and all that, and I don't remember anything about her other oh, than she's a girl. Talia is a tiefling, mm-hmm. uh, red-skinned bard. Okay. She fought with the double swords last time and healed. She's the one we took with us. Yeah, healed, yeah. healed Toot when he, when he fell unconscious. Okay, so the next morning... The same cracks that you saw the sunlight dim through have now started to lighten back up. And so it begins another day. What would you guys like to do? Seems like a good time for breakfast. Umu. Umu? Umu. Umu. What's in the galley? Well, we were at that last port and I had a chance to restock. Um, Tell me you picked up some potatoes. I can't remember, but we're welcome to look. Give me a a D20 straight up or down. (laughs) Okay. Come on. Daddy needs a new (laughs) pair of potatoes. Ooh, that's a 16 on a potato roll. He got 16 potatoes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, look at that. I did get some potatoes. Let's see. One potato. 16 halflings. Two potatoes. Three potatoes. Is this section for the kids? (laughs) Four. Yes, you have potatoes. Look, uh, you want to make some breakfast with me, Umu? Uh, That sounds amazing. Um, (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and start? I'm still a little little drowsy. Right. Um, I'll, I'll join you in a few minutes. Sure, I'll just get started cooking up with what I can find in the kitchen. Okay. With your background, I won't make you roll for it. You make a nutritious and relatively tasty meal out of what you find. Okay. Are you making enough for the whole crew, I presume? Yeah, if I can. Okay. Umu yeah. never comes to join you. <laughs> He's passed out again in his bunk. Yeah, okay. So they're probably not used to having breakfast ready. But I'll, uh, I'll make a point of it to put a nice hearty plate in front of uh, Sal Perici, if I can find him. Okay. Uh, up on the deck... Everybody is kind of, you know, going through their basic ship tasks for the morning. Um, there's not really a table 
per se spread sure. out, but there is um, up on the. Pull out my. I'll make them a more portable. Uh, I don't have it drawn, but up here on the upper deck where the where the the wheel is and everything, there are a couple of small, almost like end table looking things. Sure. That's where people tent se- seem to be dropping their things for while they're getting the ship ready for the morning. Okay. And you are officially out in the ocean. There is no coast to be seen, uh, at least not from where you are right now. Hmm. So I take it we're going to go ahead and have breakfast with everybody? Yes. Okay. So the captains, you find him at the wheel. He's got one hand on it and there's a couple of levers on each on either side. Um, he doesn't seem to have his hand on either one of those right now. He's just got his hand on the main steering wheel. Steering wheel? Is that what they call it? Ship's ship? wheel. Ship's wheel. Yeah. It's just still a wheel, yeah. yeah. I'm amazed I created a pirate crew and I don't know how to sail. Um, <laughs> and he, he notices when you come out, he looks fresh-faced, happy. Hmm. Um, no hint of the um, sort of mania that you detected on him last night. Okay. Ah, good morning, my friends. How is everyone today? Fabulous. That is good to hear. And Marina. Rest, rested. That is fantastic Very as well. Comfortable amics. Yes. We do our best. Look, I've made um a bit of breakfast. I know you're kind of a man on the go. This is the best what? equivalent I could do at the sea. The sun is barely help. up and already there is a hot meal. Yeah, uh, Umu helped me out in the galley. Oh, this is fantastic. I am surprised he is awake. Well, more or less. <laughs> he takes the play from me with a knowing smile. Okay. And uh, I did have one thing that I wanted to discuss with you. Um, where is where is the third one? Where is the, the, the big man? Um, I, th- I think he took it pretty hard last time. I got, uh, he was down and out for a while. I don't think he's been up. Have you seen him, Marina? I think he is still asleep. Well, no matter. I'm sure I can discuss this with him as well, since it is sort of an individual decision for each of you. So, we are not free. Um... Your passage aboard the trash fire does come at a price. Now we can discuss several different options here. Either I take 40% of whatever you find on one of your missions, and you remain simple passengers, or we can discuss maybe some trade. Um, You become deckhands. You follow my orders, and in return we can either have a small amount of labor for a small discount, or we can have more labor for a much more substantial discount. <laughs> I do not offer this to everyone. Right, well, I mean, what sort of uh, skills does uh, any of that labor require? Well, for the moment. Um, yesterday we pulled into port and we had some provisions um, gotten. Words. Oh, right, I remember the provisions getting. Yeah. I, of course, need inventory. Umu... Umu is a, a good man, but numbers are not really his specialty. Um, so we need to take inventory of supplies and other uh, ship's conditions. There is some minor repair work that Brazine would, would need an assistant with. Um, there are opportunities for cooking, for cleaning, for scrubbing decks and things like that, repairing sails. I mean, I can cook a bit. As I can see, this is a wonderful meal. Um, perhaps you would take that duty over from Umu or maybe provide him some assistance. I, I don't want to push in on, you know, that chap's territory there. You barely hear from down below the deck, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be glad to help him out. Oh, bless the gods. He is a good man, but once again, I grow is tired. He, though, I grow a really a fungus. Is he really a man? 
He kind of leans in close. <laughs> not to quibble, but I am not sure that the mushrooms are merely on the outside of him at this point. Well, he just <laughs> stares blankly for a minute, then nods like he understands, but doesn't understand. <laughs> so it is that perhaps you would like to take on the role of our ship's cook? Yeah, that suits me just fine. I've bit of background in that. Fantastic. Uh, Marina. I can help you with the inventory. Okay. I will put the two of you together for the first amount of supplies, because, after all, a cook must know what he is cooking with. Is that correct? Uh, we've got potatoes to count, I believe. All right. <laughs> and I will leave you I to think it. I heard Umu say that there uh, were 16. After about four, he fell asleep, so... <laughs> Five I think potato? that's what he counts when he goes to sleep. Six potato. <laughs> seven potato. <laughs> Uh, there's more. <laughs> I can't give up. <laughs> By the way, if you ate br- my breakfast, you have three temporary hit points. So the whole crew has three temporary hit points. Yes. How long does that last? Just for today? Forever. Forever. <laughs> Until they use the temporary hit points or they nice. eat another meal of mine. Nice. And the meals are not cumulative? Well, temporary hit points can't be cumulative. Okay. So They have bolstered spirits. Well, in that case, I shall leave you to your first tasks. Please let me know if you require any assistance. All right. Was that the proposition? Aye, it was. Well, thank you. You are most welcome. Um, this duty f- for the two of you, I don't think will be necessarily a great time investment. So perhaps when you are finished with your first tasks, we can discuss some other things you may do. Sure. Welcome to the crew. You Arg. are now members of the Trash Fire. Arg. I'm a pirate now. I don't know if I take exception to that or not, but it is a <laughs> wonderful joke anyways. <laughs> okay, so you guys go and uh, perform an inventory. Uh, both of you give me just straight D20 rolls. Let, tell me what you get. 13. Five. Okay. Thank goodness you're there because <laughs> yes. you would have missed some stuff. <laughs> Okay, you guys get a, a reasonably accurate inventory. You know, you're not counting every tiny dried bean and fig that, that he seems to have collected, but you have a, a general, general idea of what stock you have. Um, takes you maybe three hours to get an idea. I'm checking in what I think is flour that Marina points out is gunpowder. <laughs> so, wow, we can make a lot of bread here with this. You do realize that this is gunpowder? It's yeah. an entirely different color. I thought you were a cook. Um, I was just making a joke about bread. That's a bad lie. <laughs> I don't think so. But <laughs> <laughs> so the next few days... <laughs> quality work. Here. The next few days uh, continue with sort of this rhythm to it. You know, you guys finish your work. You work maybe three, four hours a day. And that seems to be all he really requires from you. Uh, cool. Basic tasks, not really super in-depth, difficult stuff. Um, Marina also, is getting slightly bored on some days. You also do kind of get a good look around the ship. Um, there are, I'm going to hold my picture up again. Yay. I spent time on it, and I'm, impre- and I'm proud of myself. Um, you see there's, uh, those four ballista? Mm-hmm. You get the basics of how to fire them, but as of right now, it, th- those are Brazine's job. How big are they? Like siege ballista? Or? Yeah, ish. Okay. Yeah. Like a big harpoon or bigger? Maybe just a little bit bigger than a normal harpoon. Yeah, I think I'm steering clear of those things. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, 
So you you see this? There's this big metal, um, riveted together kind of um, looks almost like a, the top of a conch shell. On the top of it, um, you have not yet been allowed access into the sort of steerage part portion of the ship. You get to see where like storage and stuff is, but there's a room in the, in the sort of the aft. Uh-huh. Part of the ship that is at right now locked and off limits for you two, and it's a metal room. Correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, these two circles here are obviously the sails. They go up. They're big, billy, but they do have several tears in them. Um, perhaps that will be a job for you guys some days to repair those. But right now they're just kind of there, and yeah, you kind of get your your lay of the land, so to speak. Okay. And. Um, I think at some point during all that time, I would check in with uh, Seth Ogma. Okay. But I I don't want to be the only one doing any of that kind of stuff if you have other stuff to do first, Marina. Is this a spell you're using? or is No, it- I just, uh, you know, want to... I mean, I might even try to use, like, I don't really have a channel divinity to talk to them, mm. but... Uh, I kind of told Seth Agama before we set off last time, he was the one that wanted to know what it felt like to be immortal, right? Right. So I'd check in with him every so often about, like, going to the front of the ship and feeling the wind in my hair and sun on my face and the spray of the ocean and try to connect with him at that time. You get a general... Actually, I'll tell you what, before I start saying that, um, roll a d20 for me, please. Do a religion check. Religion? uh, Where is that? It's plus a lot, but yeah. uh, 11. 11. Okay. Oh, no, um, no, no. 14. Okay, yeah. Your, your prayers get through. Oh, well, yes, that's, um, that's, that's very good. Um, do me a favor. Um, can you maybe stay out for an hour or two? Don't, don't face any other direction. Oh, um, yeah, I'll... I think so. Okay, and and, and one, one here scribbling in the background. One more thing. Um, where is the the sun for your world? Can you can you can you find it with your eyes? Yeah, I mean it's kind of. I don't know. What I, way I we're need you to look at it. Right at it. Correct. Well, I mean I can't really look. I can look near it. You understand? If you look at the if sun, if you're going to waste my time. <laughs> Listen, for for mortals looking at the sun here. Fine. Feel this. And I try to look at the sun briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. hmm. Wait, hold it. Hold. Wait. Hang on. I don't hold it. <laughs> we will have to come back to this later. You understand. Scribble, 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 scribble. <laughs> right, right. So are you going to stand in the sun for a couple hours? Yeah, no I think that, that's the easiest way I can maybe uh, give a favor in, as uh, <laughs> you, to a god. Yeah. First degree sunburn. Okay. So it's not going to impose any kind of disadvantages on you, but it is distracting. Um, fair enough. I think kind of enjoy it, even though I'm doing it on behalf of somebody else. Like I haven't really thought about having something feel nice right. on purpose. So, but I end up enjoying it. Okay. You also, uh, real quick, give you plenty of chances to do it. You, you guys have like three or four days to do whatever you want here. Uh, after your ship lead duties. I plan to interrupt him towards the end of his time outside okay. and say, you're getting a little pink. Aren't you going to make us lunch? Right. Yeah. All right, uh, Seth. That's going to have to do it for today. You know, lunchly duties. Very well. I, th- th- this will suffice. Who are you 
talking to? Um, <laughs> nobody. While you're walking back, you do see Tracy and Brazine. Okay. With a pair of dice, and they are playing some kind of dice-related game. Ooh. How close to lunchtime is it, actually? It's right on lunchtime. Like, they're going to start expecting food. Uh, Marina's already hungry. Yeah, but but Umu's up, too. Well, you uh, said you were going to take over those duties. Yeah, I'm going to... You said dirty. Who's playing with uh, Brazine? Tracy. Is that the monk? Correct. Okay. Uh, okay, I gotta pull this other list back up. I don't have my list anymore. Um, I'll just take a note that they, uh, one of them has those dice, and I'll go and make lunch. You do feel um, a slight bit of disappointment in the back of your mind. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you go and make lunch, I presume. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I'll do that. And uh, at some point, probably that same day, I'd try to track down uh, Talia. Talia? Did I make that one-dimensional of a character? No, the monk with the dice. Tracy. We just said the name. Trey C. Yeah. First name Trey, last name C. Trey C. Okay. I'll tack down Tatas. Trey C. Um. You see her, she's on, she, when you find her, she's hanging upside down from one of the, the, sh- the, the cross beams on the, on the mast, and she's, she's nailing like a piece of rope to the side of the mast for reasons. Okay. <laughs> and as you approach, she lets her legs go, flips over, and lands perfectly, three-point landing, superhero. Hello, love! Wow. That was quite a move there, Tracy. Huh, <laughs> nothing. I thought it was something. I couldn't do it with my little legs. <laughs> oh, you're just a sweetheart, aren't you? Um, I've what you need? I've been called worse. Um, you and the um, Tin Man back there. You mean you mean Brazine? Brazine, yeah. Uh, Brazi, Brazi and Tartas. <laughs> 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 you were... Uh, <laughs> Why did I have to put those two together? Okay. Uh, you were... Uh, because this is how the podcast Ro- goes. Rolling some bones earlier, yeah. That's right. And she pulls out. She's got, like, you know, um, pockets just seemingly everywhere. And she pulls out. She actually has a ton of dice. Like, it's it's a problem. Okay. Like you're pretty sure if she goes out on a mission, she's going to lose a few of them out of that pocket. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure he understands having too many dice. Uh, <laughs> cool. Wow. Um, so, you got any time this evening... That I do. What, what you got in mind, dearie? I don't know. I've been... Uh, Slowly turning into Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> looking to play. Uh, you know, just something. Test my luck a bit. Maybe, um, I think Marina, too, could really use a little bit of letting loose. She seemed to have some, I don't know, sort of connection to our, our last mission and she's been pretty quiet since we've got her on the ship. I, f- I think it might do good if she plays a game with a couple of us. Well, cheers. That sounds like a wonderful idea. You, um, you want to make it interesting? Of course. Well, well, how much you got? Nothing. <laughs> well, that's not very interesting at all, is it, dear? Well, I mean, I don't have any money. 
Sorry, dear. Um, I don't play those kinds of games. <laughs> but you should really give it a try. Because it does make it interesting. I'll tell you what. You come back with some coin and we'll play. Until then, I think I'll just keep my dice to myself. All right. And she kind of parkours back up to what she was working on before and starts hammering away again. Okie doke. Marina, what would you like to do on, on your three days of downtime outside of your part-time job? I'd be bored out of my mind and still would be working on inventorying everything. Okay. Except for that room because you, it's locked. and obsessively I take an inventory. Yes, and offer to patch the sales because bored. Okay. Uh, roll a d20 for me for sales. 11. 11. You do a pretty good job. Um, there's a few places where you've, you know, kind of overlapped a little too far, and you can see the stitching it's is really eventually going to come fabric. loose. Yeah. Um, but no, it's serviceable. You probably get better over time. Yeah. No social interaction. You're just very burrowed into your work. Yeah. So while you're up there. Remember, grief, anger, yeah. While you're up there, you see Tracy. She was hanging upside down. She flips down. She talks to Welby for a while. Mm-hmm. She runs back, parkours back up keeps hammering. Welby kind of goes off on his business, and she flips herself up, climbs up to where you are, still working on the sales. So I hear you want to play dice. Dice. That's right. She pulls out once again, just a handful. I think you dropped one. That's all right. I've got plenty more. You'd be surprised how many times I find them on my clients. Oh, lucky me. I found a die. (laughs) (laughs) What? Please add one die to your... (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's actually really nice um we're gonna say it's probably silver one silver die i'll write dice so i don't think it's some sort of like (laughs) die die stamp okay okay i have no real interest to play with dice Always a tease. And she flips back down and goes back to whatever she was doing before. Hey, thanks for listening to Date Night Podcast with me, Sam Hausman. If you like the show, we could really use your help to spread the word. Share the show with a friend or a family member who you think might enjoy the story. You can also help us by following us on social media like Twitter at Date Night Podcast and sharing our posts from there. It's also the best way to follow for giveaways and announcements about the show. Now back to it. Damn, um, where did I drop the needle? By about the second day. Ow, a needle. <laughs> <laughs> you left. Please remove one of your uh, temporary points. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll eat another meal at some point. <laughs> um. <laughs> By the way, this is probably the second day in, mm. and you guys have noticed uh, Thoot has not yet awoken. Really? Yeah, I definitely would have been checking in on him then, unless you. I would have poked him with a stick while me passing you him. Feel free. Okay. Um, yeah, I need to try to assess what's up with Toot if he hasn't woken up. Give me a medicine check, please. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> uh, proficient. That is eleven. Thute is asleep. You don't see any wounds or obvious signs of trauma. 
at some point while inventorying, I'd go over there and kind of poke him with the stick, and I rolled a mm, 10. Roll a stick check? Do we add anything poke to the stick check? check? Like, poke, poke him check. to see if he wakes up. With a 10, you successfully poke him. Mm-hmm. Do I see if he's hurt at all? You, you, you successfully did not see any kind of wounds or obvious okay. trauma. All right. I guess I would still be also trying to listen more in the evenings to and watch kind of Sal's uh, demeanor while we're here. And the other thing I would do if we had that much time, other than just cooking, because that doesn't take me that much time, would be uh, I have brew, brewer's supplies, which I don't, I probably wouldn't carry with me while I had adventure, but I'd leave here now probably on the ship. So I'd see if we had any of the ingredients needed to brew up anything. We'll say you do have about a barrel of the ingredients that you would need. Sure. I'm so not a brewer. I'll try to make whatever I have at hand, something to make ale um, or beer. Or we'll say it'll take lines. you a couple of weeks to right. fully prepare. A, a but I can maybe batch. get like a starter yeah. going. Go for it. Okay. I'll, I'll do that with some of my spare time probably. As far as uh, Parichi, give me another perception check, please. Sure. Both of us or just him? Are you watching Parichi as well? Uh, not particularly. Okay, well then no, not, not right now. I mean, I'm not like following him around, but I'm just trying to get some. Right, that's why it's the perception on investigation. Read on him. Twelve. Uh, Twelve. The man doesn't ever really seem to stop. Um, even when he is not at the wheel of the ship, he is checking the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it obsessive. But definitely, he seems like the kind of guy that needs to move. Okay. Has he seemed uh, anything other than friendly any more times? No, he's okay. been friendly to you. Okay. That's a lot of what I would be doing other than probably just trying to catch any song or anything that Talia would be doing alone on the ship, but... She sings sometimes at dinner time. Yeah. Um, they, they have... Parichi's pulled out his flute, and she's pulled out her, her um, lute. Flute and lute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes that. around uh, dinner, or maybe just a little bit after dinner, and everybody's kind of... You know, it's jovial. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, we're going to say this is your last night on the ship before Parichi says you guys should be pulling into port the next day. All right? Do we know what's going on, or could I talk to Parichi about where we're going? Talk to whoever you want to. Uh, Maybe I'd talk to Talia for that. Okay. Uh, So I'd find her preferably during some downtime of hers, I guess. Let's say everybody else is off on other parts of the ship, and right now she's at the wheel. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I'd head up there and say, uh, hello. Well, hello there, Wilpie. Um, you know, we've been headed this way, you know, this east, southwest, southwest, southwest yeah. way, direction uh, for a spell now, but I'm not quite clear where we're going. Do you, do you have any idea where we're headed into port, well, or are we going... Um, the captain has a job for uh, Tracy. She is going to find on one of her bounty runs. Um, she does work like that from time to time. It helps keep food in the hold and the, our mouths fed, you understand. Um, right. They're yeah. never big jobs, but they are sort of how we pay the bills. And by a bounty, you mean on a 
individual, an item? What is it? Tracy is a bounty hunter. She goes after individuals who have, let's say, skirted the law a little more than we have. And how much would that be? How much skirting or how much coin? How much skirting? Significantly more than we do. All right. That seems we don't like go after other pirates. A pretty big skirt she's chasing then. All right, got it. But the port we are going towards today is Torbarhan. Is, it, is what now? Not, Harbor, not Harborton, Torbarhan. Torbarhan. <laughs> <laughs> Torbarhan or Tan? Han. Han. Okay. Do I know that anything about that place? You know it's probably the only town on the coast that doesn't like to call itself Harborton. Okay. Any more than that's going to require a history check. I'll Would I that. have known that too? Any more than that's going to require a history check. How's a natural 20 <laughs> plus 4? <four>? 18. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Torberhun, and you know the little the little <laughs> thing about how they don't want to call themselves Harborton because too many people call themselves Harborton. You, oh, you mean Tolbahan. <laughs> you know that it's, I don't know how you know, maybe you've been there once because you like the coast. Mm-hmm. You know that it has a tavern, a salt shack, a healer's house, and a fish market, and that's the primary export of Torberhun is fish. They're a fishing village. How in God's name you pulled a natural 20 on that. <laughs> yeah, I've wasted it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Hope place you don't to heal anybody. <laughs> with, the, with the fish, yeah. yeah. All right. And I'll tell you what, because it's a natural 20, you know <laughs> that uh, there are two old ladies that, that live there, and they were very nice to you the last time you were there. Okay. I'll find the old ladies. All right, um... Does Tracy do that sort of thing by herself? Perhaps sometimes, uh, depending on who the target is. I think this time she's going to require the assistance of a couple more members of the crew. Well, I hope old Foot wakes up. Yes, me too. Um, is he okay? I looked at him. It didn't seem like there was anything amiss other than that he was just still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is, um, perhaps it is because we are so far out, out at sea. Sometimes it affects people. Maybe. I'll stop making faces now. I'll keep checking on him. I would appreciate that. Let me know if his condition changes or worsens. All right. I will. I appreciate it. And I just kind of messing with the little, uh, <laughs> lever on my shield. Oh. That Pops out, but not I quite. I thought it was one of those handspring things. Yeah, it's got a handspring thing. That's how it Playing opens. with your marbles there for a second. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> good day. <laughs> I've got marbles to jostle. <laughs> All right. Anything else, you two? Welby? All right. So the two of you, after the evening meal and maybe a little bit more socializing, go to your hammocks. Or sitting quietly off to the side. Sitting quietly. Brooding. Yes. Scowl. Constant scowl. You have mastered resting bitch face. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Better stay away from (laughs) her. So you guys go ahead and uh, go to sleep. Just kidding. Welby. Mm. 
you find yourself standing before a table. It is very well crafted, seems to be newer wood, um, and it has an immaculate white tablecloth on it, fringed with sort of this gold embroidery. It's gorgeous. You see that there are several items on the table, but you can really only focus on three sort of in the middle. There's a set of jade dice. Mm. There's a white leather-bound book with old yellow tattered pages Mm. and a golden needle and thread. You Again, you are aware of other objects, but no matter how hard you try, they never quite coalesce. Yeah. The thread starts to glow very softly with this warm radiance, and you, you feel the warmth in your, in your belly. Does it feel at all like when I finally had a, I guess, a positive connection while I was in the jail cell instead of feeling lonely the whole time? Yes. And you hear a voice in the back of your head. What is it, Demetrius? You did well to save the boy, Welby. The company you keep is questionable, but you did very well. And then you see the dice sort of flicker on. Um, It's not a warm glow like the thread. It's more of like the harsh neon-y kind of... You can almost hear the hum. (laughs) Uh, oh, his company is fine. Didn't you see that big one? Now that guy, he can sow some chance and chaos into the world. And the book sort of, it doesn't glow, but it just kind of rustles. Oh, posh. His company is entirely irrelevant. He has been a wonderful research assistant. This arrangement is, is benefiting all of us, is it not? Let's just continue. Very well. Well be. Soon you will have another chance to work your way towards redemption. There is a threat blooming in the desert sands. A still fresh wound that, if left untreated, will begin to fester and spread its disease across the region. But know that not all who are involved are evil. Your role is to purge the wound of its corruption, but do not harm those who are caught up out of desperation or ignorance. Oh, come on, Demetas. Y'all ain't gonna let the boy have no fun. Listen here. Their lives ain't in your hands anyway. They's in ours. If they die, well, that's just life now, ain't it? Your only concern should be thwarting the threat. I will not abide the slaughter of innocence for Setir no matter how nobly you label the cause. What innocent? They're just as much a part of this, even if they didn't start it. Just because they was fishermen before, don't make them harmless now. Now, don't get me wrong, I ain't saying wade into the place like a whirlwind of death or nothing, but just let what will be, be. Will you two stop your ceaseless bickering? All will be revealed as it should. (laughs) Any deviations from the plan will at least provide us with valuable data concerning the enemy's current status. That alone is worth the venture, and the risk to the uninitiated. Let's get on with it. Table items. (laughs) You hear them all at once. (laughs) Yes? (laughs) (laughs) You're using a, a lot of pronouns. 
what is the the threat you're talking about? What is happening to my voice? <laughs> South African now. <laughs> what is the this that you're talking about <laughs> that they've started? Not all of whom are evil. Well, be. There are things that you must discover on your own. There are things that we cannot reveal uh, to you, I but have, will be revealed uh, but to you. I have in been time. discovering things, hard things, on my own for a long time. The appeal of the gods is that you know the stuff that I don't know. This is payback for dirt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it that you're not telling me that would help me? And I specifically ask Seth Agma. <laughs> there is an ancient threat that does exist out in the sands. It is old. And I, it is missing from my notes, as a matter of fact. And that's how old it is. But we do know that if it should be returned, there it's all right, Seth. The kind of life that you know will be useless to me for research. Oh. Welby, do what you must. But keep aware of the innocent. If you allow them to die, it will leave a mark on your soul. The noblest ends cannot justify wanton killing and horror. Is that clear? Yeah, I don't... I'm, yeah, Demetos, I'm not a whirlwind of death. I mean, I'm not that barbarian or even that, I don't know, that hunter that I'm with. I'm, that's not what I do, is it? I believe you. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do against some ancient evil threat to all people of Albora? Or all of Voyanaya. There are things that we cannot reveal to you. Because if we do, they will not play out as they must. Know that your role is one on the side of good. And know that if you continue down this path, and you do so without harming the innocent, it will lead to your redemption. All right. And the three objects slowly fade, and their forms sort of decoalesce. Is that a word? Sure. Yeah. And they become blurry. And then a fourth one that you didn't see before comes into sharp focus. It's a ring. Silver, but highly tarnished. And the top of the ring is the fat body of some kind of spider and its legs loop around to form the band before touching in the middle and you hear dark menacing laughter (laughs) but death is inevitable is it not my boy (laughs) oh litanandi know that no matter what you do all these other folks they only delay in what always happen. 
Now what they ask you to do, this no matter to Itanandi. You kill, you no kill. I still get my way. But I have a bargain for you. If you kill, in my name, you spread my fame, earn my favor. It might go well for you. <laughs> Itanandi is the best god you could serve. Chance may lean your way. Knowledge may be prepare you. Mercy may be favor you. But none of these things forever. Debt, debt always come for you. And you notice he's blurring the lines very clearly between the words for death and debt. Yeah. But listen now, boy. This new thing, what happening? Dimatas, no kid you on that one. This concern, even me. This new thing, not even death can touch it. And it coming. Even Itanandi no see where it is now, but me know it coming. But to prove to you I am the best God, I show you what others dare not. The vision fades. And you find yourself in the ocean. Marina. Demetos. Floating in the ocean. Marina. Even in your sleep, you feel the hate. It has been your constant companion, waking, sleeping, eating, at play, at rest. Every moment of your life has been defined by this hate. Even now in your dreams, you feel the hate. You feel it pulling itself out of your chest and coalescing into a chain. Finely crafted, shining, seems to be silver from all you can tell. You see the chain continue back towards you and you feel up to your neck and there's a cold metal collar around it now. And the chain extends forward and coalesces into a pendant, maybe three or so inches around. It's clearly a religious object. Uh, you, you might even recognize it from Chiron. Um, in fact, even uh, this sort of hymn your mother used to sing to you kind of plays over and over in the back of your head. And all goes round around, all things turn, all things return again, and all goes round around. And as it comes fully into a sharp view, you see there's a central hub and these sort of wavy lines extending out to an outer rim on the on the pendant. And it just kind of hovers there, be at just outside of your reach for a few minutes, and then gravity finally seems to catch up, and the, the symbol boop, falls down to the floor. As you look down, you notice two things. Number one, you're seemingly barefoot, and two, the pendant fell into this black, tarry, oily slick on the ground. Reflexively, you, you kind of you step back away from it, and it's it's not on you or anything like that. But you know this thing's in the oil, and there's a chain connected from it to your neck. So you try to pull on it, and it's not coming out. You know, kind of 
it's like a, like a, a thick mud sucking, you know, but it keeps every time, pulls right back down to the oily slick. You start to notice the oil seeping onto the pendant, tarnishing it, the, the shine sort of turning into this vulgar, dingy, ugh. Yes, ugh. <laughs> and when the whole thing has been corrupted, for lack of a better word, it bursts into flame. The metal itself is on fire, and it's melting. And as it melts out, the, the oil turns red, a deep crimson color of blood, which you're now very familiar with. Yes. And when all of the oil has been consumed by this blood, you look down again, and there's your dagger in your hand. And it, it starts pulling. It lets out this horrible metallic shriek, and it's just trying to stab down into the blood, and it flies from your grasp, sinks down into it, and you hear again this awful, horrible sucking sound. And the crimson pool begins to drift smaller and smaller, getting pulled into the blade. And when a final drop has drained into it, you hear a laugh and sort of a sing-songy hum. (laughs) Six left, darling. And suddenly the chain goes taut. The collar around your neck starts pulling you downwards towards the dagger on the floor, which is now no longer stabbed into the floor, but pointed right at you. You, you pull. You panic. It, you, nothing is working. You're getting closer and closer and closer, and right as the point touches your cheek, best get back to hunting. And that's the end of the vision. You look down. The dagger's not there anymore. Not, wait, the floor's not there anymore. Where are you? There's no collar. There's no chain. There's no up. There's no down. You're floating in the ocean. Both of you find yourselves in an ocean, but you don't see the other person. You see no one and nothing. No ship, no crew, no toot, nothing. It's a calm sea. No clouds in the sky, but you still are having to work to keep your heads above water. And all of a sudden, this calm ocean begins to wave. No storm in sight, no squall to speak of. The churning seems to be coming up from underneath of you. And when the last wave is getting too much for you to handle, you feel something grabs your leg. Cast water walk. No effect. Okay. Sudden, something grabs around your leg, and both of you are immediately being pulled at a high rate of speed under the water. You have but a moment to catch a deep gulp of air before you go down. You were sort of preparing for that anyways because your head was starting to go under. And as you are being pulled down, you see ocean life everywhere. Fish, sharks, um, squid, big giant whales, just everything you've ever seen a picture of, there are creatures that you don't even know the names to, but you see them swimming past. That seems to be the constant, even though you are being pulled over and even the sun is beginning to, its light is beginning to fade from view. 
you're just impressed with how much life there is and uncomfortably close. I know it didn't work before, and now I'm... Uh, that's probably got verbal. Never mind. Okay. You fall downward, downward, downward. And it finally seems to slow and then stop. But it's still... Something is still wrapped around your leg. And it's then that you hear it. A slow, rumbling breath. An eye appears. You can't tell how far away it is. You can't really tell how big it is. It could be a size of a fist and close to you, or it could be half a mile away and gigantic. What you do notice is that it's a very soft, greenish color. Light spreads out from it. Another one. Another. Another. They are appearing all around you, beneath you, above you, behind you. You can thrash about in whatever way you look. There are eyes. The light grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and you can see all of these sea creatures again that had briefly disappeared from your view and the eyes they're not really focused on anything but more like everything you can feel the air in your lungs that you were trying to hold it's it's getting close to that point where you need to breathe again but you try to pull that thing around your foot, which you can now see as a tentacle, is still wrapped tightly around your leg. And then, erupting from beneath you, a thousand, thousand more tentacles fly out in every direction. One grabs a fish, the other one wraps wraps around a whale and begins to pull other life down towards it. And things start to happen. The eyes flash with more light and you see a fish becomes bulbous, misshapen. Other fish are sprouting insectoid legs. Some are sprouting fingers from where their webbed fins used to be. You see kelp along the floor begin to sprout spikes and fungal forests, and there's some of them are spouting blue or purple, every color of the rainbow ichor. Some of them are spewing black ichor. Gentle giant whales seemingly implode upon themselves and become carpets of algae and feathers. Nothing makes sense. Everything is chaos. It's, It's like life is unmaking itself, remaking itself in a different form. But it's happening everywhere. The water itself is growing thick with what can only be described as ooze. And it's then you notice that you are not untouched by it. Your fingers begin to shorten. Your toes begin to lengthen. You feel your your mind numb a little bit. Some of your teeth are elongating into fangs. Others are becoming plates that you can strain small bacterial life through to eat. The whole thing is maddening. Some of your body is reverting. Other parts of it are advancing. And everything's at its own different pace. You don't even know that you're you. You, you well be Marina, Thoot, people you've never known, never seen. Things, animals. You become everything. 
you become nothing. Your eyes are drawn downward to a bright flash of purple beneath the eyes, beyond the eyes. And you hear that breathing quicken almost imperceptibly, but then it grows faster and faster, and the breathing turns into a howl of rage. The thing releases the thing releases you. But you are still being pulled downward. The water itself is being pulled downward. But the uh, the thing is being pulled downward too. The eyes winking out of existence until there's only one directly beneath you. And then it too disappears into this purple light. You are being pulled faster and faster and faster. You can see the sun through the water again. And all of a sudden, the water is gone. You are about six feet off of the ground now. And the light winks out of existence. And you hit the sand as a wet mass of parts and life. Some of you, parts of you breathe. Other parts of you are now gills and struggle to find any sort of life at all. You don't even have the necessary requisite parts to stand. But you do notice something. Whatever is left in your mind, the sand around you in a wide circle is not white like you would expect it to be. You still see coral formations that are dying now and bleaching already in the sun. But the sand underneath you is black and you slowly start to sink into it. And as the last bit of yourself sinks into the sand, you both wake up, back on the trash fire. And you are very aware of each other just waking up at the same time. We hope you've enjoyed our date night together. Remember, you can really help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in one week.